On today's podcast, I had Jorge Contreras on, and he is the man when it comes to Airbnb. And it's really fun because I don't think I've had much conversation about the Airbnb arbitrage model. You know, obviously, I'm a big proponent of buying real estate and building wealth, but I do believe Airbnb arbitrage is a great side hustle and a way to make income and get started in your real estate journey. So in this podcast, we talk all about that, some things that you need to look out for, how you can deal with government regulations, how you can get your first Airbnb furnished. We talk about what the long-term vision is with Airbnb. It's just a great podcast overall. And uh, also too, I, I give a big shout out to Jorge in the beginning about you know, really my coaching program with Future Flipper is only really what it is today because of some advice he gave me many years ago. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy this podcast. Now, let's jump into it. Welcome to the Ryan Pineda Show, where our mission is to invest. I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. Now rocking with the best. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Ryan Pineda Show. Today, we haven't had many Airbnb guys on, but I got a guy who I'll kind of get in the story later has helped me out a ton when it comes to actually creating Future Flipper. And I always got to give props where props are due. This guy, Future Flipper wouldn't be what it is today without his help. And now he is helping tons of people with his Airbnb program set up their own Airbnbs, do Airbnb arbitrage, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I got none other than my good buddy, Jorge Contreras. You said that pretty good. I know, I tried. <laughs> I, I tried to say it because every time I hear you say it, I'm like, okay, I don't want to just say Contreras. it like how the white guys say it. I know. I don't intentionally say it like that, but when people say, what's your name again? And I'm like, Jorge Contreras. Like, can, you, can you say that again? Like, Jorge. <laughs> Can't say it. Jorge Contreras. All right. So, bro. Um, Definitely what you did, dude. I teach people how to create Airbnb empires with or without owning real estate. I always try to get people to make it their ultimate goal to own as much, especially now with, you know, learning about all the cost seg and how you can make all your other incomes tax free. And, uh, but at least for my audience, it's really like new entrepreneurs who are, maybe this is their first business. Their goal is to replace her nine to five. So a lot of them are starting with the arbitrage model yeah. to first accomplish that. Then once they get out of their nine to five, then they start buying to create long-term wealth. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it's a great way to get started, you know, as a side hustle and yeah. then eventually become the main hustle for Absolutely. sure. So yeah, I want to, before we dive into just the ins and outs of arbitrage and um, everything else, you know, I, I've never actually talked about arbitrage on, I think any of my um, podcast or any of my YouTubes because I'm always about buying real estate, sure. right? And um, I do think that arbitrage is actually a good way to make money uh, starting out. And so I want to dive pretty deep into how it all works for somebody who wants to get started that way. But before we do that, you know, I kind of mentioned that you helped me out with Future Flipper. Yeah. Um, you want to kind of uh, tell a little bit of the story? I'll give my version. Yeah, definitely. So I started my coaching back in like 2018 and I was selling my courses on Udemy for like 10 bucks, 15 bucks. <laughs> I had no idea about this high ticket stuff and nobody was buying it. It was because you didn't, you didn't own your marketing. You never collected emails and all that stuff. Basically you create the course and they do the marketing for you. And then I came across this high ticket stuff, created some really good success. And then, um, you know, created a multiple seven-figure business. And in 2019, I started doing a little bit of one-on-one coaching. 
And uh, I saw on one of your stories, you had mentioned something about coaching, but I could tell that you didn't really have a coaching program yet. I think it was like early 2019. And that's when I reached out to you and I said, hey, man, are you looking to build coaching? And you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you really wanted to do coaching. You were like, yeah, I'm not really into the coaching and courses stuff. You know, I just got my flipping business. And I said, well, if you know, you know, I think we ended up getting on the call and um, you're like, well, I don't think I really need the whole coaching. I just have a couple questions. Mm-hmm. And so we got on a call and uh, I just started answering a bunch of questions through DM. You're like, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. And what about when this comes up? And it kind of just turned into that. And I remember around that time you had done an event in Big Bear where you charged like 5K and you mm-hmm. had like, I don't know, 15, 20 people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to charge Ryan. I'm sure in the future, somehow we can, you know, just support each other. And yeah. I, we just left it at that. And so mm-hmm. it kind of just became an open way of supporting each other type of thing. Yeah. You know, I, uh, to give some context to everyone, I started Future Flipper back in 2018. That was when I made the LLC and stuff. You know, I, I wrote my book. I made the course, my first course ever. And that was it. I was like, I, that's good. You know, I, I wanted things that were automated where, hey, if people want the resources, they can go buy them. But I'm not like promoting them or trying to sell them. They're just there. And, um, you know, I had my first event at the end of 2018, 10 people. It was 3000 bucks. It sold out in 48 hours. And it was great. I was like, wow, that was cool. It was a fun day at my office. People got a ton of value. And many of those people today are like either employees or partners with me. It was weird how wow. all that happened. Um but then in 2019, when uh, we started talking, I kind of was like still in the same boat. I said, I don't really want to coach, whatever. And towards the end of 2019 was when I think you reached out to me. And I remember vividly because you were an Airbnb guy and I was actually at my Airbnb in Big Bear right. um, when we took the call and you were like, hey, Ryan, at the time, maybe I had like 10,000 followers or something on Instagram, but you were saying you could definitely make six figures a month coaching. You know, you you have a lot of people who follow you who would love to do it. You know, you just need to do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't really want to do it. And I was mainly the reason I didn't want to do it is because in my mind, I thought you had to do one-to-one only. Right. And I'm thinking, I just don't have time to do all these one-on-ones. It's just not worth it. And you started telling me about group coaching. You started telling me about different ways you could do coaching and still get students results and all this. And, you know, sure enough, um, you know, we just kept talking. I was like, okay, that I could do. You know, if we're talking about doing it this way where we have group Zoom calls and we have, you know, events here, there, I can deal with that. That's a lot of fun. And if students are getting great results, I will do it. And so, like you had mentioned, um, you were kind of like looking at being a consultant for coaches. And like you said, we just said, you know what, if, if it works out, I'll shout you out and like, I'll be your best testimony of (laughs) a coach. That's that's right. That was the deal. Yeah. And now it's three years later and you're getting the (laughs) testimonial now of that dude. It really did like influence me. It it probably influenced me more than anyone to take coaching seriously and really to push future flipper to the level it is today where we've got thousands of students and this huge community of people. And, um, so if anyone wants to know why future flipper is what it is today is because Jorge cold DM me and sold me on actually being a coach. Cause I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. It's crazy to see how much uh, you've grown. And of course your social media and influence and now you have this, 
you know, massive um, community of life changing. I've been networking with some of your students in uh, LA and it's crazy how much success they've had all because of Future Flipper. Their, their lives have completely changed, you know, 180 degrees. Yeah. I mean, obviously what I'm saying is you played a role in that. And um, it's cool now because both of our um, coaching companies have grown um, yeah. tremendously since that time. And um, they're both getting students results and yeah. it's amazing to see. And and now we can have higher level conversations about, you know, okay, how do you get to the next level yeah. of it? Cause now it's a totally different game, yeah. you know, versus when I was like, man, okay, how do I even start this thing? Now I'm like, how do I scale this thing and still get student results and everything yeah. else? It's powerful. Yeah. So anyways, that, that gives some context to how Jorge and I met. Um, Let's talk about this Airbnb thing. Um, before going into how you actually do it and all that, what's been your experience with Airbnb? How did you get into it? Yeah, great question. So I started buying real estate in 2012. And then in, uh, in my previous din- uh, business that I started when I was 20, 15 years ago, I was a professional dance instructor. So I used to teach bachata. You ever heard of that dance? I remember you telling me that. I don't know what yeah, it is, it's though. A, it's a sensual partner dance from the Dominican Republic. A lot of people that dance salsa dance bachata. My wife long, would know. She was, <laughs> she was a dancer. Oh, cool. Yeah. So long story short, I you know traveled to 25 plus countries being like a dance coach, coaching other coaches. So I've always been like a teacher and a coach at heart. That's what I've been doing pretty much my entire adult life. Right. And um, in 2016, one of my dance students told me that her two duplexes in Fresno were making 3x her mortgage. I was like, what? Doing this Airbnb thing. So I had a bunch of leases that were ending at the end of 2016. So in March of 2017, I launched my first four Airbnbs on properties that I already own. I went from making 6K a month with those four to 14K a month, right? 1,500, 3,500. And at the time, I was kind of like stuck in this dance business where I was running the business like a J-O-B, trading time for money. And I'm like, man, I was running this nightclub. I had these two dance festivals, <laughs> thousand plus people, but I was up to like four in the morning, almost every day working like 14 hour days Crazy. and ended up just really overworking myself. Cause you know, I believe we're always doing things in order to validate our beliefs to be true. And one of my beliefs back then was that hard work equals success. And so I was basically working super hard to create, you know, quote unquote success. And I ended up herniating a disc in my back mm. and Went from not being able to work out, not running, not jogging, not walking. The next thing you know, I'm laying on the floor and I didn't even have health insurance. My wife's like, all right, we got to go to Mexico. So I went to Mexico, TJ, and I got a back surgery in my Mm. L5S1. The doctor said it was a 50-50 chance I'd ever walk again. Mm. So that that happened in 2012. And I was like, man, I need to figure out a way to make an income where I don't have to be like trading time for money. And that's where this whole passive income thing was born. Um. So long story short, in 20, March of 2017, I launched those four, first four Airbnbs, created a multiple six-figure business. 2018, I uh, launched a coaching business. And then in 2019, I had a student. Uh, at the time, all my students were buying property and doing Airbnb. And she's a single mom of two kids. She had the income, but not the credit. So she couldn't get qualified for a loan. But she was so committed to creating time freedom. She wanted to spend more time with their kids. I'm like, look, if you get started, like I will find a way to help you create this time freedom so you can, you know, quit your nine to five and spend more time with your kids. So long story short, I I was learning a little bit about this arbitrage strategy. I helped her get a lease, even though I hadn't done it yet. I was just committed to helping her 
And that just opened up my eyes. I'm like, man, this is just a cash flow play. So then me and my partner went and launched like seven of our own subleases and then took all that cash flow and then started buying real estate. Mm. So, you know, now we have a portfolio of like $8 million all just in single family. Uh, mostly me and my wife own them. But that's really how the journey began. And now it's like nine out of 10 of my students start with the arbitrage model. So I thought, uh, because a lot, so a lot of students actually started using FHA loans and started to do Airbnb and that's, you know, mortgage fraud. <laughs> yeah, you don't do that. So, <laughs> so I, was, I was speaking to my buddy who was doing all the loans and I'm like, dude, we can get in trouble for this. You know? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. We can get in trouble. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, well, what's going to happen to my coaching business? Everyone's buying and doing that. And so I thought that was going to be the end of it. I wasn't going to be able to coach people anymore. The coaching business was going to go out of business. Mm -hmm. And then this arbitrage thing just exploded and my business like 10 x So yeah. it ended up becoming uh, just the next big thing. Right, right. And for those of you, you know, looking at FHA loans and stuff, I mean, this, <laughs> let, me, let me just preface this and say, obviously, we don't, neither of us condone mortgage fraud. Yeah. Okay. But I've done YouTube videos before where I've said, look, there's there's a great strategy of buying a house with an FHA loan. Obviously, like the the intent of what you buy the house for is what it is judged on for mortgage fraud, right? right? Circumstances in life change. You know, if you go and live in it for six months, a year, and you're like, look, I want to go buy another house, there's yeah. nothing anyone can say to you, right? Like at the end of the day, you wanted to live in it when you bought it, you, you know, did, and now you're gonna go buy something else and you're gonna go make it a rental. Totally cool. So for those of you who might be scared by that and what he's saying, you know, as long as your intent is to live in the home, you'll be fine. Now, if you buy it and your intent right from the get-go is I'm airbnb this, I'm yep. never going to live in it, then yes, you are committing mortgage fraud and right. exactly. <laughs> it's on you. So uh, that that's just want to give clarity on that. Now, with the arbitrage model, okay? So explain to people how this works. Yeah, so the arbitrage model, basically, for anyone that's hearing about this for the first time, it's where you rent a property get permission in writing from the owner to use it as a short-term rental. And you basically, you're in the arbitrage business, right? So say you're renting a property for 3,000, but it makes 6,000, you know, after you pay utilities, clean, rent, supplies, the difference is basically your profit. Mm -hmm. But it is very important to get permission in writing because otherwise you're in violation of the lease. Like all lease agreements saying no subleasing, right? Right, because you're supposed to live there. So you need to be able to get some verbiage in there to give you uh, permission and I have a more of a sustainable, scalable business model. Yeah. I mean, it's just going in there transparently. Like, look, yeah. I'm going to Airbnb this. Yeah. I've never subleased in that way. But what I've heard people say is, you know, if an owner pushes back, you give them more. Right. Do a lot of your students do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Some students have offered like an extra one, two or $300. And a yeah. lot of times that works. And sometimes the owners say, well, if you're going to be making more money, I want to make more money too. Right. Uh, personally, I've never had to do that. I've always like paid a profit fair split. market rent. Right. But there's a lot of arrangements. You can give them a, pro yeah, you can do some type of profit split, give them an extra percentage, give them extra money. As long as a deal still pencils in and you're going to make, you know, 1500 2500 it still makes sense so what's what's the target return you know like let's okay you're talking about how you can go lease a place for three grand which in some places people are like that's that's a lot of money right you're, you're in cali right so you're like three grand is like it's nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's nothing but okay if, if you're trying to go lease a place in cali um what's your target i guess gross revenue per month um, our gross revenue is always to get $2 for every dollar we pay in rent. So if you pay two grand, your goal should be to get four, three, six, four, eight. 
Okay. Uh, ideally, the goal, like we go for single family homes, so we don't do like apartments or townhomes. It's all single family homes with pools, spas, and like game rooms. We want to be able to create a staycation experience in the home where people can have a great time without needing to leave the home. So these types of single family homes, the goal is to generate 2K a month of cash flow after all expenses. Right. So if it rents for... Uh, I guess a single family home in Cali. <laughs> what is that rent for? Yeah, like 4K. Okay. So the goal is to make eight. And after you pay expenses, the goal is to make two, two. grand. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. And look, I mean, you get a few of those. Yeah. You're square. If you're listening to this podcast, then my guess is you're interested in real estate investing. Some of you are just starting out while others are trying to scale their business to the next level. But the problem is with so much information out there, most people don't know which program or coach to trust. Well, I'm a bit biased, but I believe my company, Future Flipper, can help you get to the next level. We've coached thousands of students from all over the world on how to build their real estate investing business. It doesn't matter whether you want to flip, wholesale, or buy rentals. Our coaching program has everything you need to become a great investor. There are many things that we include with coaching, but to give you a few examples, you're going to get an accountability coach. These are people that have had success in their own business, and they want to make sure that you achieve success in yours. We also have all of our documents, our systems, and processes that I've used to buy hundreds of homes. You can copy and paste them directly into your own business. And we have events where you get to meet me, top-level guest speakers, and other students who are crushing it. My students do deals with each other, and I personally do deals with them too. In fact, at a recent event, I just honored over 20 people in our program that made over a million dollars in the last year. So if you want to grow your real estate business, head over to futureflipper.com and apply for a call with our team. The call is completely free and they can help point you in the right direction whether you work with us or not. So go to futureflipper.com and book your call today. For the last year, the real estate market has been on absolute fire. Prices are at all-time highs, interest rates are at all-time lows, and there is more money in the economy than ever. But with so much competition, many investors are sitting on cash, struggling to find great deals. If this sounds like you, then you need to invest with Pineda Capital. With my network and social media following, we get access to the best real estate deals all over the country. And if you're an accredited investor, you can invest with me on those deals. In fact, last year, we purchased a 334-unit apartment complex in Georgia for almost $20 million. We expect it to be worth well over $30 million when it's all said and done. Our goal with each deal is to build in so much equity from the beginning that we're able to refinance our investors' cash out and own the properties together with little to no money into the deal. And the best part is, you don't have to do anything. Our team will find the deals, handle the renovations, get them leased, and eventually refinanced or sold. All you have to do is provide the capital. So if you want exclusive access to our deals before they hit the public, go to PinedaCapital.com to schedule a call. We can put your money to work today to start getting you great returns. So go to PinedaCapital.com now to get access to our deals. So with that being said, what are some things to look for with this? I mean, I imagine you don't want to be in HOAs. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The only place I've seen that's like HOA friendly is like Florida, most of Florida, but almost anywhere else you got to run. I feel like HOA communities are like, um, which is not very friendly towards short term rentals. They make their own rules. Yeah. Which is why you stay away from apartments right. and condos and those things. Because right. even, even if the city says you can get a permit, the HOA can say, well, we don't allow period. Mm-hmm. But there's really like three, three main components. Um, it's data, regulation, and the contract, right? So when it comes to the data, it's like looking at comps. So we use AirDNA, 
to look at projected revenues. We use MashVisor to look at current revenue and occupancy of any Airbnb in the US. AirDNA works, works worldwide. And that's how we know if there's a lot of potential, if there's already properties making the expected returns that you want. Right. And then two, which is also very important, it's probably the f- first place I would start is regulation, making sure that this yeah. would allow you to get a permit. Vegas, Vegas sucks, <laughs> man. I'm sure yeah, you Vegas get students sucks. in Vegas all the yeah. time that are just like, what do I do? They're like, I want to do it in Vegas, but I can't do it in Vegas. And I know for a while I had a ton of students in Henderson, but now it looks like they're doing this lottery system. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible. So difficult. Yeah. yeah, it's basically like impossible. I spoke to the, what are the Bokel brothers? Bokley brothers, yeah. And uh, they have like five properties that they're going to sell because yep. they can't do it anymore. Right. So yeah, regulation is super, super important. I, I used to go into a lot of areas where you didn't even need a permit, but then when and if they implement a regulation, it could totally be out of your favor, kind of like Henderson. So I, right now I feel the safest place and the only place people should go is where you can get a permit, where it's regulated. They say, get a permit. Here are the rules. Just just so, follow the rules. Just follow the rules. I I've, I can say that too. So I have my Airbnbs in Big Bear. Um, we have 10 units and you know we just have had issues over issues whenever yeah. we don't follow the rules. <laughs> like I've been fined... <laughs> $8,000 like on a fine, you know, on one fine, on one fine wow. multiple times. Wow. And some were justified. Some were not. <laughs> but, you know, even the ones that were not, it's still the, the way they do it. They're like, you have to pay your eight grand and then you can appeal. Right. That's crazy. I'm like, this is stupid. And it was totally unjustified. Guilty until proven innocent. Yep. Yep. Terrible. And um, I think on the big fines, we've always gotten them back. But, you know, I've gotten little fi- little fines, a thousand <laughs> 1500 bucks for dude i don't even know i don't i can't even remember like but what what's happened with big bear and this is what someone needs to pay attention to too is like what is the trend of regulation doing too because when i first got into big bear in 2017 it was very different than it is today right like they're trying to go harder and harder and harder and limit it seems like everyone wants to limit right what do you what do you think about that? Like how what's the play for Airbnb long term? What do you think these yeah. cities and regulations are going to do? I think a lot of cities, what I'm seeing right now, there's a couple cities that are doing very, something similar uh, where they're doing the, like these lottery systems and they're going to give X amount of permits. So, for example, in San Diego, they're going to allow one percent of all inventory in San Diego to be a short term rental. But if you're on the beach, which is like Mission Beach, 30 percent of the inventory can be short-term rentals. Uh, Long Beach did something similar, LA, Anaheim. So I think a lot of cities are gonna say, all right, I'm gonna allow like one to 5% or one to 3% of inventory. Cause I understand, I mean, if you're in a residential area, they don't want all the properties to be short-term rentals. And then, you know, it'll just make the housing situation, shortage uh, situation even more challenging. Yeah, it's tough, man, because I, I'm trying to look at it from, an objective point of view. And I've thought a lot about this, you know, on one hand, as a capitalist, I'm like free market. Absolutely. Whoever wants to buy it, buys it. You know, that is what it is. On the other hand, you know, I think about quality of life of people. And I agree. If you, if you have a house and everyone around you is Airbnb being a property, it's like, (laughs) you probably don't want to live there. Right. Yeah. But then I think about it and I say, well, okay, if you did allow capitalism to do what it does, and that does happen in certain neighborhoods, well, you know, you can sell, you can right. move, and go to an HOA where there's no Airbnb allowed, right. period. Right. You know? And that's that's kind of how I, I'm starting to think about it. I'm like, 
nobody makes anyone live anywhere. If you, if you don't like that everything around you is turning into rentals and Airbnbs, move and, yeah. and go to an HOA where it's totally right. not, not allowed. Yeah, I think what recently Airbnb implemented a new policy where they're like banning all types of parties, which is great. We've never allowed parties or events and we have like quiet hours and all this stuff because these are the people that disturb the neighbor, the neighbors anyway. So we really cater to like professionals, nurses, corporate housing, uh, people that are using our properties to relocate if they had some type of damage. Uh, we've even had people, uh, government bookings for um, people that were seeking like political asylum from their country, just all <laughs> kinds of stuff, you know? Um, but people that really just want to have a party, like we've always been against that. Like we don't like it. We know it's not good for the neighborhoods. We want to create good a for your property. relationship. Exactly. It's <laughs> not good for your property. So now that they've banned that and now you have, to, you know, in a lot of areas, you actually have to be 25 or older to book on Airbnb, which I think is great because most of the time people that throw parties are under the 25. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes sense. Well, that's good that it's legal that they can do that. I mean, I guess driving a rental car is the same way. Yeah. So... What do you do? Okay, let's just say you're doing arbitrage, right? Most of the leases are a year. Right. How do you get around that? Because you spend all this time and money furnishing it. Yeah. Like, and then they're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. We don't want you. How does yeah. that play out? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, that can definitely happen, right? Somebody might want to sell their property. They want to move back in or they want to do something else. Um, there's also a lot of landlords, right? Being a landlord uh, yourself, maybe you can agree that once a lease is over, you don't want to have to do some, you know, renovations, take it off, you know, off the rental market, put it back on the rental market, miss out on one or two mortgage payments. So for us, as long as we've take care, taken care of the property, had a great relationship with the neighbors, we've renewed like 100% of our leases since we started the arbitrage side three years ago. And so that's worked out really good. And a lot of times these landlords, they do want to secure a two-year lease or a three-year lease just because they want to secure their tenants too. So I think there's always going to be both sides. Some people that maybe want to sell, some right. people that want to just continue. And I think it's just going to be a numbers game like all real estate. Yeah. I was just wondering if maybe you were wanting to sign two, three-year leases just because you're putting all the furniture right. and all this into it. I would. Absolutely. And I have done it before. And um I think it's better. You don't want to, it's obviously a lot of work when you're launching an Airbnb, especially when you're getting started and you're like that nine to fiver and you don't have a ton of money to have somebody just launch it. Like I, I literally will find the property and my team will do everything all the way to listing it for me. But for people who are just getting started, they often launch it themselves. It's a lot of work. It could take seven days, 10 days to launch an Airbnb. You don't want to take it off the market after oh, a year. So renewing I, would definitely be the goal. I've launched almost all my Airbnbs. I mean, this was years ago. I haven't started yeah. a new Airbnb in a while. Um, but it was like, yeah, my wife and I literally drove to Big Bear from yeah. Vegas with uh, wow. a cart full of furniture because Big Bear doesn't really have right. furniture stores. It's very remote. So I would buy everything in Vegas. We went to RC Willie. Shout out to RC Willie. They should sponsor this, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I would go, we would just bring up this truck full of stuff crazy. and we would furnish it for a weekend. And yeah, everyone, she furnished. And um, it's, a lot, it's a lot of work, dude. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. Yeah, like that's how it was when we launched our first maybe eight. Man, my wife did all the decor. She would go to a home goods, all the stores. And man, it was a lot of work. Once you started having kids, it was like, man, she can't do it anymore. So I just started hiring somebody. So now my team will like create the Excel document with the furniture, appliances, the core supplies, we'll order it. 
put everything inside, be there when it gets assembled, be there for, t- for the photography and then literally create the listing. So it costs more money, but I rather, you know, buy other people's time. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, actually I take that back. You know, we did furnish one recently that I was going to flip in big bear. It, speaking of regulations, this property took two years to get renovated because of the city flagged it. Then all mm-hmm. like good during COVID, they don't allow you to get permits and all this stuff. It just took forever. And then finally I listed it and I was sitting on the market. I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep it. There's no, right. oh, actually, you know what happened? Cause big bear likes to play games with me and we're both, <laughs> we're both like, it's just this thing. I've been told many times like, dude, you're like literally public enemy. Number one on big bears. They've known you for like yeah. five years, right? Well, and I just talk about it all the time and they get pissed because it's just bringing more people to the market, but they've, they've got a wanted poster somewhere. <laughs> and basically what happened was, um, they, they made the new rule saying, Hey, you can't, um, you know, apply for any more permits. Like what it's going to be That's one, crazy. one permit per person. It wasn't just for me, but it was just like one in, one permit per investor. And so, and, and they said everything that anyone's got to this point is grandfathered in. So I already had all mine. Right. So I was like, oh, well, I guess I have to sell. There's, I can't. Right. And we had applied for a permit before that rule and nothing ever happened with it. I was like, crap. Well, if you know, Big Bear is um, seasonal. So the winters are what crushes it. And so unfortunately I couldn't take advantage of the winter. I would have probably made like freaking a lot of money. Yeah. And, uh, we, it sits through the winter. My listing doesn't sell for what I wanted to sell for and everything. Well, around freaking March, I get this email from Big Bear and they're like, oh, you know what? Um, because you did the permit before we said that, you can actually still get it. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, you didn't want to tell me this seven months ago before the winter when I would have made, uh, you know, $100,000. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> so. Crazy. That's, yeah, that's what I deal with. But anyways, um, I don't even know why I told that story. Oh, the reason I told that story was because once they said we could do it, we applied and I I was like, I'm not going back up there to right. furnish that thing. So I sent someone else and there you go. It's good. That's the way to do it. Just delegate it. I haven't, I don't even know what my big bear or my Airbnbs are making. I'm going to look it up while we talk. Yeah. I haven't look looked in a long time. That'd be interesting to see. You have somebody out there who manages them local. No, not even local. My um, property manager here in Vegas, I trained her how to do it back okay. years ago and nice. she just crushes it. And now she does um, <laughs> management for all my people out there, like in Joshua Tree and Big Bear. Yeah. She's nice. got her own like management gig there going go. really nice. That's awesome. Actually, speaking of management gigs, um, what do you think about that? Like what, yeah. what about just managing other people so you're not putting up the capital? Yeah, I think that's, you know, there's there's really three ways, right? Of course, you could buy them, you could do the arbitrage model, or you could just start a management side. And I think that's a great way for someone that maybe doesn't have their own capital to get started. Uh, so like, let's say I don't have any money, and you have the money. So you start the Airbnb, I manage it for you, maybe I charge 10, 15, 25, 30, whatever we arrange 20% of the mm-hmm. gross revenue, if the property is making 10k gross, and I make 20%. Hey, that's 2K a year, 25, uh, 2K a month, 24K a year. So I think it's a great way, right? It's just about finding creative ways to, you know, get your feet wet, get started. And then you can reinvest your own money to just get into arbitrage or purchasing. So I think it could be a great gig for someone just starting out. Yeah. What would a manager make? And sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, first, the, the three operations, right? People are like, what, is, what, are, what does that entail? What are they going to be responsible for? Well, there's really three operations in the Airbnb business, no matter if you own it, sublease it, or manage it. You're going to oversee cleaning, maintenance, and communication. So they'll be overseeing those three things. And the only two people that ever need to be there in person, right, is whoever cleans it and whoever does maintenance from time to time. All the communications, just like your manager, can be virtual. So they could literally be anywhere in the world and, and run the business. But I think 20% is probably a good place to start. So it would just be 20% of the gross revenue. If the property is making 5K a month, then that's 1K. If it's 10K, then it's 2K a month. Mm -hmm. But then they can continue to just, you know, build upon that. And the great thing is as a manager, they're not going to have any expenses until they start hiring people to be able to grow. But if they're just managing three or four or five, they can do it themselves and it'll just be all profit for them. Yeah. So I'm looking at the numbers now. Um, in the last 365 days, had over 2,000 nights booked, 489K in revenue, um, 91% occupancy. So really high occupancy. The average length of stay is two days. What do you think? It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, this is my bigger portfolio here. You can see the last 365 oh, days. Yeah, you got 1.2 million. Your five stars are way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> you got a... It says 81% five-star rating in the last 82%. Mine was like 65%. So Yeah, we've acquired uh, more recently. So we're, we're, we should do about two mil this year, gross revenue. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome, dude. Maybe like a 30% profit margin. And how many properties is that over? 18. Nice. So we have uh, eight that we own, seven that we sublease, and then three that we manage. Got it. Got it. So... Okay. Property management's a way to make money in Airbnb. Arbitrage is a way to make money in Airbnb. And then obviously buying it like I've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. So is that just the goal for most people? I, I believe it should be. Like I tell all my students or just anybody on social media that I believe it should be everyone's goal to own as much real estate. Because of course you get the cash flow appreciation, depreciation, mortgage pay down, all the taxes, like you get all the benefits and there's nothing like ultimately owning. Right. And if you can go in there and go straight into owning, I think that's the way to do it. But if they're not in a position to buy, subleasing or management is a great way to you know, get their feet wet and start building up that passive income to replace your nine to five. Right. No, totally agree. I think, um, look, I, I'm a big proponent of doing everything to increase your active income. And yeah. so whether that's, um, wholesaling real estate, flipping real estate, arbitrage, becoming an influencer, yeah. doing stuff in e-com, doing stuff in any kind of skill set that couch flipping, I'm down with all yeah. of it. Um, but eventually once you make enough active income, you got to figure out how to offset taxes, how to Absolutely. build long-term wealth. And that's where the ownership comes in. Yeah. Real estate for me is, is the best by far. Most people want to get rich at all costs. They make sacrifices with their family, their health and their faith all in the pursuit of money without even realizing it. But what if I told you it doesn't have to be that way? What if you could grow your wealth in all areas of life? Well, it's possible. And that's why I created the wealthy way. It's a community of people striving to grow together in all areas. And we have multiple tools free to use that are completely free. You can get access to the Wealthy Way Planner where you can set goals and hold yourself accountable on a daily basis. We also have our Wealth Builder Academy, which is over four hours of content teaching you how to manage your time, create the right goals, and all the biggest secrets I've used to grow my life, not only in my net worth, but in all aspects. 
Lastly, we have our Discord community where thousands of wealth builders are all over the world encouraging one another and growing together. And once again, all of this is completely free. There are no upsells. There are no hidden catches. For me, this is a passion project and I want to build a community of like-minded people. So if you want to start living the wealthy way today, go to wealthyway.com. There you can get all the free resources like the course, planner, and Discord community. So go to wealthyway.com. So what do you think? This is something I'm wondering about and this is a selfish question since I'm getting ready to move into a new house, maybe one day if it ever gets done. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm looking at moving into a new house and my old house is, well, not my old house, my current house is right. perfect for an Airbnb. It's I got a beautiful house. Yeah. Yeah. I got sick pool, the basketball out, court, basketball court, a movie theater, everything's sick. Yes. And no HOA. Right. So the problem is Las Vegas is not sick. With Airbnbs, they won't let me do it. It would crush as an Airbnb. My question is, have you done corporate rentals and things like that? We have, but it's still through the Airbnb platform. Okay. And you could set a 30-day minimum. Right. And so we've gotten a lot of, I think being here, being in like one of the, one of the entertainment, you know, capital of the world and, you know, with all the sports and stuff, it's likely that you could uh, attract some you know, athletes or actors and things like that, that are willing to pay, let's just say double the fair market rents. And if they paid that, like, let's say the average, the fair market rent, there's 3K. If you got 6K 6K a month, I mean, you know, that'd be great. You just would have to set it up as a 30 day minimum. Right. And I think that could be a great way to test it because it could be something that once you do 30 day plus, you can do that anywhere, right? It's not considered short term rentals anymore. 100%. So you don't have to worry about regulation. Even with HOAs. About permits. Yeah. Even yeah. with HOAs. So that would be, I think, something great to test, especially with the quality of the property, the quality of your neighborhood. I've seen the YouTube videos where you show the neighborhood, these multi million dollar properties across the street. You know, great, something to test, test the waters on. Well, and the only reason I'm thinking about it. So, you know, I've got a good sized rental portfolio here in Vegas. None of them are Airbnb or corporate rentals because. I buy them just normal and I'm right. like, I don't really care. Just, I don't, you know, I just want to keep them for the long haul, but my house is already furnished and right. like ready. I'm not right. going to take the furniture with Absolutely. me. We got all, so I'm like, I might as well just yeah. <laughs> rent it this way. It'd be great way. Test the waters. Yeah. If you guys are listening and you want to <laughs> just like see how this goes, um, comment below because I honestly just even for content, like yeah. let's just see yeah. how it rents let's out. Test it out. Yeah. My mortgage is. I want to say 4,500. And so, I mean, me looking at it, that thing's got to get at least 10,000. Yeah. I don't know. What's 10,000 divided by 30? It's like 333 a night. That's cheap. Bro. Yeah. How I mean, many bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage? 3,000 square feet. Bro. <laughs> what should it get? What do you think? Dude, it's that, by the strip. So. Dude. I mean, I would just. I would put it up probably for like 400 a night. Yeah. Just to make it like attractive. Cause then it's only 12K a month to have a luxury, furnished, beautiful home in a great neighborhood. And Sounds my, like my mortgage is 4,500. Dude, I'll make a killing. You'll, you'll, you'll hit that rule of, you know, making $2 more, $2 for every $1. It'll be pay. 3X almost. Almost 3X. Yeah. It's like yeah. two and a half times. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> guys, I'm going to do it. With the caveat of if my house ever gets done and I move, so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make YouTube on it. Just just see what happens. Yeah, it'll be cool, and I'll or pick not. I'll pick your I'll pick your brain on it because uh, I mean obviously I've done Airbnb, but corporate rental side I've never yeah. done. 
Um, have you seen these websites and just different things where you pursue the corporate rentals? Like you try to go to these companies that are like yeah. uh, relocating people sure. and all that. Not too much because they all come through Airbnb. So like I've had a ton of relocation. The When I mentioned the government bookings for uh, political asylum, um, the corporate bookings, and they all come through Airbnb because that's where all the inventory is, right? That's where the majority of the market share is. So again, I think just putting it on Airbnb, I think that the best marketing to do for Airbnb is having a marketable property in a great location. Your property is in a great location. It's marketable. And I think you will attract those bookings through the Airbnb platform. Now, there is websites like corporatehousing.com, um, which is for corporate bookings. And then there's Furnish Finder, which attracts nurses who are traveling for work. And there's a ton of them out there. And I think it'd be great to get your assistant to put them on all the platforms and just manually adjust the calendars and block whenever it gets booked somewhere else. But but from yeah. what you're saying, it's like Airbnb is enough. It will just get all those people. It anyway. has been for me. I don't have websites. I don't have a, so, like a, I don't do any social media for the Airbnbs. It's just, I feel that having a marketable property in a great location is the best marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to get better tenants too. Absolutely. In those ones, you know, yeah. like people are going there for one night to party. It's like, and yeah, I want to live here for the next 30, 60 days. Yeah. The people who are paying 12K to stay for a month, they're not going to not take care of your property. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're attracting more affluent people. Well, and it just makes the management way easier. Absolutely. You don't have to do so cleanings. Turnover. Yeah. So it could be that perfect hybrid model between short-term and long-term. Yeah. Then uh, whenever you have some vacancy on some of these multifamily deals, you could test out this corporate model for 30 day plus two. Yeah, it's true. But if you own the entire apartment... Right. Like sure. who makes the rules? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I've actually had um, people say that with just different deals, you know, yeah. the, you know, it's, it's harder with a giant complex to do right. this, but like, yeah, you know, this is going to be, I'm buying this 10 unit apartment, 20 unit, and I want to make yep. them all Airbnbs. I'm like, that's totally possible. Yeah. You make the rules. You've got yeah. the comp. If it's, you're just running a mini hotel yeah. at that point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's cool. What are some um, things people need to look out for with Airbnb that maybe aren't so apparent right away? I would avoid properties that are on main streets. Personally, I've had them before. I've owned property that were on a main street and we got a lot of complaints. Families didn't feel safe. Their kids playing outside when there's like a main street. Plus it's really noisy, a lot of dust. So I would avoid properties on main street. Personally, I don't think they're good to just holding your portfolio long-term anyway. So I try to really stick to nice residential neighborhoods where it's just safe for the kids to play outside. And Something that could be overlooked is having properties that are near a train track. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, um, I've experienced this before where, you know, somebody checked into a property that we had that was near a train track and they were super tired. And all of a sudden you hear the train come <laughs> a couple of times a day, uh, which is just crazy, but it happens. So I would avoid properties like that. The other thing, especially on the arbitrage side, you got to make sure that the property is renovated because you're not going to renovate a property that you don't own. I don't feel like that that really makes sense. Uh, especially like what if you do only have it for a year, right? You don't want to invest capital to something you're not going to own long term. So if you're in the arbitrage strategy, make sure the property's renovated. Super important. The other thing is I believe that when people book Airbnbs, it's really for two reasons. One, Let's say you're hosting, you know, the um, Future Flipper Mastermind and someone stays at an Airbnb only because it's close to the event. And the other reason is because they want to have 
and experience in the home without needing to leave the home, right? That's what I call like a staycation experience. That's why our properties actually did good during the pandemic because they had a lot of my property, most of my properties, (laughs) all my properties actually have pools, balls, game rooms. (laughs) I like it. And so if you could do both where you're in a really good location and be able to create a staycation experience, those are the best types of Airbnbs. Yeah, no, 100%. What do um, you suggest these people do who are just trying to get started, right? Like how do they furnish it? How much should it cost? All that stuff. How do they go about it? So it's funny when you talk about balance transfers because my last job was at B of A back in like 2008 and I was a mortgage banker. So I would help people with loans, purchases, refis, HELOCs. But when people wanted to apply for credit cards, uh, we'd always do these balance transfers, right? For anybody that doesn't know, that's where you transfer money from your credit card into your checking account, mm-hmm. typically at 0% interest for 21 months. And I think that's a great way to leverage, you know, OPM, the bank's money, yep. to then pay for the first month deposit and even for the furniture and just take the cash flow from the Airbnb to pay off the credit card. And it's like, you never had to use your own money. Yep, That's super powerful, right? This is truly how the wealthy operate. Like we still don't use our money, even though we have it, because you just can do infinite amount of projects. Right. Um, so I think that is something that people should look into. So if they can get a personal loan, a business loan, a balance transfer, private money, or bring in a capital partner. Right. No, I 100% agree. I think um, the balance transfer is a great tool. It's obviously how I got started flipping houses. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I recently, I mean, not recently, but I heard about it within the last year of a website called Plastic, which is really cool. Um, for those of you who don't know, I think it's spelled P L A S T I Q. Um, plastic should also sponsor this podcast. They should. But um essentially they'll just give you cash for something. Like so you just put your credit card in for whatever, it's 10 grand, they'll charge the credit card, and then you can send cash to wherever. So it's crazy. Really? I'm gonna look into that. Yeah. Yeah, check it out. It'll Plastic. be a, yeah, cool. it's a great resource for students. Great resource for I mean, house flippers too. If you got yeah. credit cards and you're like, man, I got to pay my contractors, or you know, I've got um, I need some more cash for a down payment or something, and you've got a big line of credit, you can use Plastic. They're going to charge you a fee, right? But but they give you the cash. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. That's legit. That's that's awesome. I like I like that. That'd be a that's a great way to leverage credit cards. Oh, 100 percent. And. I'm surprised it took this long for a company like that to come out because when I was first, you know, got into flipping houses, what I did was, you know, I, I ordered all these credit cards. I did a balance transfer on many of them, but there was like one that didn't have a balance transfer. It just wasn't a thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start a PayPal account and I'm just going to PayPal myself money. Like I'm just going to pay myself. And that was what I did. I didn't even know it was like against their terms. And then they flagged my account. They're like, dude, you can't pay yourself, you know, with funds. I'm like, what do you guys care? You made your freaking <laughs> like percent. Yeah. But uh I got the money, but they they shut down the account. Wow. So, but plastic solves a lot of that. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Anytime you could leverage money to do more deals, that's just great. Cause again, at some point, it doesn't matter what you're doing right, wholesaling, flipping. Airbnb, at some point you're going to run out of money and then you can't do deals anymore. So I believe everyone should really make an effort. Like how do I leverage other people's resources? Yeah, no, hundred percent. So I think, um, I mean, obviously we talked a lot of stuff about Airbnb. Um, obviously you have your coaching and everything else. And I think, uh, you know, we're going to film some stuff for an upcoming webinar you have that kind of goes a lot more in depth about how somebody can get started 
When, when is that webinar going to be? We, well, we do them once a month, so it'll be every month going on. But for the next one, it'll be uh, around the September 22nd, September 20th, whatever that Tuesday is. And then we'll be doing it every month. Yeah. Let me let me look on my calendar right now. So it's going to be on this whatever Tuesday of September. So September 20th. 20th. September okay. 20th. So guys, um, highly encourage you guys. We'll, we'll put a link to it down below on this podcast to attend uh, Jorge's Jorge's webinar, September. You got, you got to roll your R, bro. Jorge. Jorge. Yeah, September twentieth. Um, for his webinar, uh, it'll be amazing. Um, but yeah, dude. I mean, look, I, I I know there are a ton of Airbnb guys out there. Um, there's a lot of ways to learn this business. I think it's a business that is going to continue to grow. Yeah, a ton of our students at Future Flipper, um, Airbnb, and. You know, I think for me anyways, just having experience in it, um, the biggest thing is just for me, like the biggest headache has been regulation, right? I, I think that that's the first thing everyone should look at. And sure. even if regulations maybe not in your favor, maybe like you're, you're like me, you're in Las Vegas and right. it's like, you can't do it, period. Right. You, you have multiple options. You can say, well, I'm going to go to a market that's close. For me, I chose Big Bear because right. it was a great market, but you could also do the 30 day plus thing. Right. And I'm going to attempt that. I, I know people in Vegas who are doing it very well. Right. But there's lots of ways to make money with this. And my prediction is that these cities will come around to it. Yeah. I think that it's just like with any tech, how everybody always fights. The status quo will always fight tech. It's like the taxis fighting Uber. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's all the same. The hotels are fighting Airbnb. They will lose. Yeah. You cannot stop something that has that much momentum, especially when the city can make so much money. So much money. Dude, these taxes and everything. Taxes, local businesses. Yeah, it it creates jobs. It's just a good thing for the economy overall. So I don't foresee cities being able to stop it. They can limit it, but it's going to, like I envision Vegas getting more accepting as time goes on. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But anyways, dude, um, we're going to link to Jorge's info down below. We'll link to the webinar. We'll link to his Instagram and everything so you can go follow him. He's got really good content. Dude, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's been a blast. Thanks for the opportunity. Excited to be here. Yeah, bro. So guys, we'll see you on the next one. Make sure you're subscribed. Peace. Thanks for watching the Ryan Pineda Show. If you want to work with me, head over to ryanpineda.com. You can find my courses, coaching programs, and upcoming events. We also have free resources you can download. So head over to ryanpineda.com.